You don't have to know a lot of things in order to make a huge difference for the Lord in the world. But you do need to know a few things that are great and be willing to live for them and die for them. Will I let Jesus prove to me that he's truly my strength? To let him prove inside of me that through him I can do all things. The True Strength Life Podcast with Aaron Simpkins. verses 14 to 33. Romans 15. And uh, Jim, could you open us up in prayer? Yeah, sure. Dear Heavenly Father, again, we just thank you for your love and thank you for your gift of your son. Again, we just pray for a good time today to look into your word and just speak through Aaron and uh, touch our hearts and just help us to learn what we need to learn today. We praise you in the most precious name. Real quick uh, recap <clears throat> leading up to this point. I like to, to again bring in, like I did last week, uh, chapter 14. We're coming from Paul bringing up, you know, okay, now we're the, uh, obviously this gospel is for the Jews and the Gentiles. Part of this is there's Christian liberties. There's, you know, different things that certain people are going to think, are going to believe within their conscience they can do. And some people can't do the same thing. But we're all believers. So that leads up to 15, where 15 begins, you know, okay, now that we're going to, now that we know we're going to have these different groups of believers that have, you know, uh, all their individual consciences and can do this and cannot do this. And a lot of this was related to, um, to clean and unclean foods and, and drink and stuff like that and ceremony practice, ceremonial practices um, back then. So there were, you know, some believers that felt like you still need to do this and some believers that were like, Okay, cool. I don't need to do this, and I'm gonna also enjoy, uh, you know, a lot of food that I haven't been able to eat before, and um, so that brought us into where he starts in 15. How do you? How do we have unity? Now, well, the idea of unity is is very important. So now that we have all these people that have these different beliefs and opinions, um, how do we have that unity? <clears throat> well, the idea. Basically, I believe where we ended was that we're all going to have, at the end of the day, we're going to have different opinions, different, different, uh, uh, different things within our own conscience that we need to follow, we need to, we need to believe, and uh, or follow through with. And, but the idea with unity is, at the end of the day, are, are we unified on a on a uh, Christ-centered uh, gospel? Um, is our purpose and our end goal to get people to know Christ, uh, to get people to grow in Christ, and to get people to know Christ. And that needs, that's, that is something that all, if, if we are real believers, that is something we all can unify on. All the other stuff is stuff we can talk about within our, our relationship. And at the end of the day, we might agree, or at the end of the day, we might disagree. 
but as long as our purpose and our, uh, and our end goal is the same, uh, which is to point people to Christ. And, and that goes with saying, too, uh, most of the things that we're going to disagree with it on each other or disagree with each other on, uh, some of those conversations, they're not necessarily going to have an endpoint. They're, they're going to be a continual, continual thing, the whole relationship we have with that person. And I think that's okay, too. Uh, that's probably a good thing. So <clears throat> now we get into starting at 14. And I'm going to read uh, 14 to 22 first. I'm not, since it's a lot, I'm not going to read it all at once. I'll uh, do the first section. So this is uh, chapter 15, verse 14. I myself am convinced, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, brimming with knowledge and able to instruct one another. However, I have written you a bold reminder on some points because of the grace God has given me to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God, so that the Gentiles might become an offering acceptable to God, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I exult in Christ Jesus in my service to God. I will not presume to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed. By the power of signs and wonders and by the power of the Spirit of God. So from Jerusalem all the way around to Illyricum, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. In this way, I have aspired to preach the gospel where Christ was not known, so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. Rather, as it is written, those who are not told about him will see, and those who have not heard will understand. That is why I have often been hindered from coming to you. So, he's writing to, <clears throat> bless you, he's writing to, uh, to, you know, again, the Romans, and he is putting himself out there as, uh, I, I am now a minister to the Gentiles. Um, I, that has been established, that's basically my job, uh, to be a minister to everybody, but that includes the Gentiles. And, you know, so, so everywhere that I go, anywhere I, I'm at, Everybody is going to hear this message. And um, he sort of starts in a way of encouragement to, to the uh, believers there, the, the Gentile believers there. Um, <clears throat> verse 14, you yourselves are full of goodness, brimming with knowledge. And that could kind of be used in a way to encourage them like, hey, you guys have a lot of uh, a lot of things that you're, you're already good at, a lot of things that you're already smart in, a lot of, uh, you have the, the ability to already kind of uh, know and understand a lot of these things. But now it's my job to, and he, he does this more in 15, but now, because he, he says, uh, uh, he's written a bold reminder, but it, he kind of, so he's saying like, hey, you guys have these good capabilities, but now it's my job to kind of guide and mold them in truth. Um, which is centered on Christ, Christ Jesus as the Messiah. And we, we also see here the end of 14 where it says, uh, instruct one another. The Greek word that's used there for instruct one another uh, also means kind of admonish or to counsel. And so within that, he's saying the mature believers, make sure that you're 
you're counseling, you know, the other believers that are around you. Make sure that uh, basically, you know, accountability and discipleship, it starts and it needs to happen. And uh, <clears throat> so then in 15, he says, I have written you a bold reminder on some points because of the grace God has given me. The bold reminder is these are things that Paul has previously already written. And, uh, and I believe, again, going back to verse 14, he's kind of saying, hey, these are things that I've already written, but I know that you can handle it. And uh, so here it is. And I also get this uh, uh, point here from John Calvin about this verse where he says, Paul says that he has not usurped the role of a teacher, uh, but rather of a counselor whose duty consists in reminding people of things that they already know. And so, again, he, to, to go along with that point, he's saying here that you have been told this before. Uh, uh, that, was not, that was not untapped territory. That had been, there, there were believers there already from, from other pioneer uh, missionaries. So Paul knew that he was talking to people who already knew the basics. And he's like, so you, you know this stuff, but you need to be reminded. And how often, again, does that apply to us, too? Like, you know, I'm sure you guys, I've been a Christian for 20-something years. You guys have been Christians for 40-plus years. Like, how often do you guys need to be reminded of the simple truths, you know, the simple basics? Because it always is applicable, and it always is uh, something we do need to be reminded of. Um, I'm reminded, one of the simple ways that I'm reminded of that is... Uh, is how often so many things just point back to the simple gospel message. And we'll see here that kind of to bring that point home, at the end of 15 he says, uh, I've written you a bold reminder at some points because of the grace God has given me. 16, to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel. Because of the grace God has given me, that is, is basically a way of, of Paul saying that he's aware, he's aware of the amount of grace that God has given him. And, uh, and, and he doesn't, he basically, he's, he also understands that he doesn't deserve to be in the position that he's in. And, uh, and he, so he knows that, he gets that, he understands that, he's aware of it because of, of, of who he was and because of what he had done. But God, God looks past that, and, and, he, and he gave him that grace. And now Paul's like, I've been given all this. I, I can't give anything less than my whole life. And, but either one, any of us can say that, though. Any of us can say that. If you're the, uh, if you're the Christian you know, that, that might make a joke like, oh, I have a boring testimony. <laughs> Which basically means like you grew up doing less sin. Air quotes, heavily. Uh, but you're still saved from that in a way that you don't deserve. And <clears throat> so we all need to have this realization of the grace that's been given to us. And uh, that's what it kind of means to, to, to give our life to Christ. Like Christ deserves our whole life, our whole being. And uh, <clears throat> so again, Paul understood that. And were you raising your hand? No. Okay. <laughs> And uh, so we see in uh, 16, to be a minister of Christ Jesus, this is continuing that point of uh, because of the grace he's given, 
uh, to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God, so that the Gentiles <coughs> might become an offering acceptable to God, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Everything I just said piles on top of he understands one that all that he understands the the, the grace that he's given uh, and the magnitude of that, and he understands too that it's it's his duty to to make sure that that now the Gentile world understands this. And we'll see later on that, that uh, or maybe right here, but yeah, we'll see later on that, that he was all about, uh, again, untapped territory with, with the gospel. That's what he preferred to, to, to be at, to teach at. Um, so 17 through 19. <clears throat> he, uh, I exalt in Christ Jesus. Therefore, I exalt in Christ Jesus in my service to God. Um, basically, Paul wants nothing else, uh, pretty much, but to yell from the rooftops to everyone that Christ Jesus is Lord, uh, and that he wants everyone to believe and that and believe that and follow his example, not for boasting of self, but for pointing back to Christ. And uh, we see here the end of eighteen. Um, I will not presume to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me. In leading the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, and by the power of the Spirit of God. So, he's, <clears throat> this, again, this is not him boasting in that, in stuff he has done. He's boasting in what God has done through him. And that always should be a reminder to, again, that's one of those simple principles that, that is kind of like, a, oh yeah, I get that. But we all need to always be reminded of it. You know, we're not we're not teachers and we're not preachers and we're not uh, ministers and we're not missionaries for our own our own uh, ego or our own building up. We're we're doing that for Christ. We're doing that for building up the kingdom. We're doing that for building up others and, and uh, for having believers grow and grow in Christ. And we're having uh, and for other people to know Christ. That's why we're doing it. We're not doing it to build us build us up. We're doing it to build him up. <clears throat> and again, not a not a boastful thing, but uh, but Paul does bring up like I've sorted to lend to his credibility, just so like just so that his audience again is a, is a is a hammering home of of he knows what he's talking about. Is I've done all this traveling, I've already traveled hundreds of miles doing this, which back then was a lot, and uh, and that's. <laughs> Sort of a way, like, like, here's my resume, kind of, and uh, and you can you can you can have a loaded resume, and again, not present it in a boastful way. It's just a, this is these are what this is what I've done. This lends to my credibility, and this isn't to to, to build me up, but it's it's all ultimately for building up, building up the body. Um, <clears throat> verse twenty. Uh, 2021. In this way, I have aspired to preach the gospel where Christ was not known, so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. Rather, uh, and and so in 21, he's quoting uh, from Isaiah 52 verse 15. But this is Paul. Paul basically putting out there like I believe that this is this is what I'm to do. I believe this is my duty uh, to to do this because in 21 it says those who were not told about him will see. And those who have not heard will understand. 
So, <clears throat> Paul believes that's his territory. Uh, untapped territory for the gospel. That's, that's where he needs to be. And he goes to say this interesting thing in 22. That is why I have often been hindered from coming to you. Well, so he believes that he's been, been hindered from coming to, to uh, the Roman believers because that's not, that's, that's again, they, they know the gospel. There's already believers there, so obviously somebody's already come in and given that message. And so he believes that it's kind of, you know, you guys have been told this already. I need to go take care of this, this, and this, and this all around. Um, even though he says, like, I do, I do really want to be there with you. But I also need to take care of all this stuff. So then we go to the next section, which is... Okay. I was going to say, before that, I mean, Scripture tells us that one person water, one person planted, one person, you know. Yep. Paul is saying almost the exact opposite. I don't want to do that. I mean, I don't know if that can be considered a prideful thing. I don't want to build another... Why not? You know what I mean? Isn't that what we're told to do? To build on another man's foundation? I mean, again, I'm just like, I mean, I can't speak to what God told him to do. Mm -hmm. But in some ways, that's what God tells us to do. He may have told him, you know, this is what I want you to do, that's fine. But to not do that, you know, that's a questionable thing. I wonder if it's like an age thing, though, where it's like, in that time, there was a necessity to get the gospel out of out of Israel, right, to the Gentiles. They hadn't had anything. Whereas, like, I feel like I can't remember the context of water here, land, and you know, the increase got to increase. But it seems like that's more of like a a mindset to have in our church age today, where the gospel is so readily available, and now there's a responsibility to like keep watering the seeds that were planted. So I just wonder if it's like Paul's calling, because even when he was converted, right, it was like he was called to the Gentiles. Yeah, gentle, yes. So I wonder well, if it's just... Again, I'm not saying he's wrong yeah, to do no, this, just, because again, I don't know what, you know, I, I believe strongly in Spirit-led, whatever, you know? Yeah. If the Spirit led him to this, that's great. But I'm just saying the statement itself right. is almost opposite of what other statements say. Yeah. One plants, one waters, another, but... So he's just that one. He says he doesn't want any part of that. Almost. Right, he's the one who's, who's playing. He's doing it all. Right, but I'm saying he's, he's the star. He didn't stay, he's, he traveled. So he did a lot of, of you know, planting. But he doesn't want to be the second one. I don't want to go on another man's foundation. Right, he's the one. Why not? What's the big deal? I don't see, I don't see what that's a big deal. I, I think the idea is that, let those, like he said, there's, you are already at this point where you're able to teach yourselves. So he's not going to stay there with that. So he's going to allow, that's the whole idea of the of the church, is teaching others to teach others also. If he stayed there, then they, he would be robbing them of that opportunity. So, and again, you know, but yeah, he's just the one who's planting. You know, another one will, will water. You know, but he's way. saying, I don't want to be the one water. Yeah, I think that's okay. I, mean, no, I don't think that's okay. You say, I don't want to be? Well, it could also be just a, a realization of, of what you're called to do and what you're good at. See, I think it's exactly what he's called to do. Yeah. Again, I don't want to speak to what God has called him to do. 
You know what I mean? But I'm just saying the statement here. He's almost putting down you if you build upon another man's foundation. You know what I mean? It's but isn't it, isn't it okay to say that in, in being spirit-led, like you said, he's spirit-led to be the planter? So it's sort of, it, and we might even go this far, maybe. I'm just kind of saying things. I'm not saying this is scripturally backed. But if he's spirit-led to be the planter, uh, and it would be against his conscience to do otherwise, then he needs to do that. Oh, I agree with that. Uh, I'm not saying that he's not led to be the planter. I'm just saying he goes, I don't want to build upon another man's foundation. I don't want it to be the waterer. I think it's basically, basically what he's saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I disagree with that. I don't see anything wrong with that. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's saying that there's anything wrong with that. I think he's saying that my it job is... It sounds like it. Well, I don't know. But that's how you're seeing it through your lack of glasses. You're, you're, you're <laughs> seeing it through a different lens. Like he's... <laughs> I think he's saying that he's called to be the light of the Gentile. He's called to be a planter. So if he gets someplace, I don't think he, oh, I can't even talk to you because you've already had the gospel shared with you. Well, he doesn't want to stay there. He wants to go on where the gospel's not been heard. I don't think he's putting down anybody for saying building on somebody else's foundation. I think he just realizes. So that's one of those things that we can really disagree I think furthering what Marcus, I think, was trying to say earlier, uh, he also... You also need to understand, like, fully the context of uh, the the world at that time and, and the culture that he was in. Like, this literally was was untapped territory that he was going to. Yeah, he wants to get the gospel. And there's not many places in the world now, except for like you know really out there tribal lands that don't have the gospel at this point in in our time. So we're we almost don't even have a framework to mentally and like putting ourselves into what he has because he was like i'm taking a boat and you know i got a day-long trip and i'm gonna go here and none of them know this message so here you go i'm gonna hop on another boat take a day-long trip get over here none of them know this message so here you go and it's also could have been a realization of of again his calling from the beginning he knew that he was one of the ones that was chosen to do that so he had to do it um and uh, I don't know. It, it's interesting. No, no. Yeah. I'm not saying that. I'm not going to argue what God led him to do. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying it seems the attitude. It prevented me to, from coming to you. It, you know, it's almost putting down the people who build on other people's foundations. If you read between the lines, which I hate to do, but I know. Like, <laughs> what you're doing? Well, <laughs> yes. I, I don't know. I, I, exceptions. I don't know. I, I disagree. I think he. I think he's. Uh, I think you can, like I said earlier, kind of. I, I think you can say something like this, not in a in a bad way. Yeah. Oh, I agree. We talked about it last week about being humble. Mm-hmm. You know, but you're humble because God made you humble. It's what not he because you're naturally humble. humble but yeah. Yeah. It's what he aspires to do. And some people minister, and you know, you know, writing articles might not be my thing, but it might be. No, 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 no. I'm not arguing the idea that it's his right to do that. That's what God led him to do. You're just hung up on him saying this. He seems to put down other people for yeah. doing the opposite of what he does. You need to do what I do. You can't, you know? I mean, obviously, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, it's just a feeling I get. That's all when I read it. That's all. That's all. Just a feeling yeah. I get. You could be wrong. Oh, I could definitely be wrong. <laughs> I don't question it. I mean, we we might be, you know what? As Marcus says a lot of times, 
the right answer is probably somewhere in the middle of what we're saying. So, you know, as much as I hate hearing that, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. Nine out of one times I'm wrong, so it's, you know, I understand if I'm wrong. It's just, like I said, just a feeling I get. It's just, you know. <clears throat> so now we're into the next section, uh, Paul's travel plans. <coughs> and so I'll read that, uh, the whole thing first, um, 23 to 33. But now that, now that there are no further opportunities for me in these regions, and since I have longed for many years to visit you, I hope to see you on my way to Spain. And after I have enjoyed your company for a while, you can equip me for my journey. Now, however, I am on my way to Jerusalem to serve the saints there. For Macedonia and Achaia were pleased to make a contribution for the poor among the saints in Jerusalem. They were, they were pleased to do it, and indeed they owe it to them. For if the Gentiles have shared in their spiritual blessings, they are obligated to minister to them with material blessings. So after I have completed this service and have safely delivered this bounty to them, I will set off to Spain by way of you. I know that when I come to you, I will come in, in the fullness of the blessing of Christ. Now I urge you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. Pray that I may be delivered from the unbelievers in Judea, and that my service in Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints there, so that by God's will I may come to you with joy and together with you be refreshed. The God of peace be with all of you. Amen. So a lot of this is basically laying out um, Paul's idea of what his future traveling plans are going to be. And we, we see later on from some of his writings that that uh, that's not what ended up happening, um, exactly how he has it, you know, thought out here. But um, so he wanted, so he says here, he starts off, uh, I want to go to Spain, 24. I hope to see you on my way to Spain. And he, cause, because he, from what he was hearing and what he, what he knew, what he was learning was that Spain was another untapped territory. So I want to just keep going that way. And uh, but to get there, you know, the, the norm back then, the normal stop would be through Rome. So he was like, I'm going to see you guys on the way to Spain. And that's, you know, that's what I'm planning on. Uh, as I'm going there, the ultimate goal is for me to end up in Spain, but I'll stop in Rome. We can all, you know, uh, get to know each other. We can be encouraged by each other. Uh, you know, hopefully you guys will help me out with, with giving me some supplies and, and all that. And, and basically, you know, let me go on my way. And we see this, uh, well, before I get there, um, little did he know uh, that he would eventually make it to Rome, but not under the circumstances that, that he says here. Because in his mind, it's just, you know, all this different traveling that I, I'm planning or the church is planning for me. And that's, that's it. But that's not how he got there. But because uh, God had different ideas. Um, which brings me back again to the, the simple idea, simple uh, verses that we all know, but it kind of applies here. Uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Paul had his plans, and they were probably good plans. Um, but they didn't go exactly to, the, to according to what he thought. But he still did. Uh, he still did trust in, in God all throughout the way. He, he, whatever position he was put in by God, he 
was used through that. He was used to give the message. He was used to build up believers and to, uh, uh, to get other people to become believers. And so he did trust in the Lord with all his heart, even though a lot of the plans that he had made didn't go his way. And, you know, that's just a, a general comment on, on his testimony that we see all throughout Scripture. <clears throat> so the believers uh, on his trip, um, the believers in Macedonia and Achaia were pleased to make a contribution for the poor among the saints in Jerusalem, verse 26. And so that's, you know, that's a good thing. That's cool. That's, you know, everybody's giving towards the needs of, of other believers and uh, but then this verse 27 was a, a verse that that stuck out to me they were pleased to do it so the, the givers were pleased that they were giving that's a good thing uh, and indeed they owe it to them they owe it to them for if the Gentiles have shared in their spiritual blessings they are obligated to minister to them with material blessings I believe here the idea is that uh, what we see back in, in Romans 1, verse 16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because, because it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes first to the Jew, then to the Greek. And so I believe what, what is being said here is that uh, all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia were, were from a Gentile background. And uh, the believers in Jerusalem... They, they were Jews, or most of them were Jews leading up to before they became Christians, before they became believers. And so in 27 we see, for if the Gentiles have shared in their spiritual blessings, so now they, they understand they share in that spiritual blessing that was first given to the Jews. Uh, and <clears throat> so because they share in those spiritual blessings, they felt the need and felt obligated to minister back to the the you know, if you want to say the first or the original believers, they felt the, they felt obligated to minister to them with material blessings because there was a lot of poor uh, in Jerusalem. There was a lot of poor believers, and so you see this like this this way of how the body of believers can help each other in many different areas and and and, and levels. You know, some things are spiritual, some things are material, but we all need to help each other. And we all need to be there for each other. And uh, Martin Luther has this, this, uh, this quote uh, about this where he says, God does not need our good works, but our neighbor does. I don't know if you guys have ever heard that before. Um, but so the, the good works are, again, for our neighbor. They, they need them. Um, they, they need the uh, – our believer that's – our, friend, our neighbor that's lacking in food or lacking in you know, finances that are needed or whatever, um, they, they need a material blessing at that point. And if you have the means, then we should be willing and we should be giving in that way, um, which is a very interesting – being willing to give is a very interesting <coughs> thing nowadays. Um, there are a lot of people who are and a lot of people who do, um, but there are also a lot of people – that are regular church-going people who are very closed-handed, unfortunately, um, which is, you know, again, hopefully, hopefully that's something that can be be worked on and be changed. Um, I like that jersey. <laughs> but uh, okay, so we'll go on towards the end. 
2829. So after I have completed this service and have safely delivered this bounty to them, I will set off to Spain by way of you. I know that when I come to you, I will come in the fullness of the blessing of Christ. So after I have completed this service, so he's talking about after I have gone back to Jerusalem to deliver these goods that, that you've, uh, you've set aside for them for me to deliver. After that has happened, I will set off to Spain by way of you. I will set off to Spain uh, with, the, with the, the material goods to do so um, that were given by those people. Again, this is all his idea. This is all what Paul is thinking that he's going to be doing. <clears throat> and he knows, I know, 29, that when I come to you, I will come in the fullness of the blessing of Christ, or, or some versions of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. I'm sure I think that's in yours, right, Wendy? Yes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Jim, I don't know if this touches on sort of what you were talking about earlier, but like the ability to say that, he knows that when he comes somewhere, his presence is coming with the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Does that tie in anything for you? No, I mean, one thing I see about Paul and what I see about this here is when Christ was in the garden of Gethsemane facing his death, not my will, but your will. Mm-hmm. I see Paul the same way. I have these plans because you got to have plans. Otherwise, you're going to be like me and just sit there all day with the yes, man, what are you today? I'm going to do nothing. Yeah. Paul's not like that, okay? He has plans. Yeah. But his attitude, I believe, is not my will, but your will. If plans change, the plans change. If it's if this plan here, it's going to be from the grace of God. If it's going to be different, it's going to be from the grace of God. Mm-hmm. So, in that sense, that's the way he looks at things. I mean, I think, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think I agree. <laughs> I mean, from what he writes, that's what it seems to be. You know what I yeah. mean? I have these plans, but again, People need to make plans. Mm-hmm. So I would say, I tend to live by the seat of my pants. She's a plan maker. When we go on vacation, it's great that she's a plan maker because we have things to do while we're on vacation, whatever. You know, it's up to me. You know what I mean? Who knows? I can relate to that. So you know what I mean? so, yeah, a, Paul is a plan maker. So yeah. Okay. But again, he looks at it. If the will of God allows this, mm-hmm. if not, you know, I'm. I'm Open. I'm whatever, whatever God wants, I'll do. Yeah. He seems to have that willingness to do. 30, uh, 30 to 32. I like the, the, these couple verses here. Not that I don't like all these, <coughs> but these, these ones are pretty cool. Now I urge you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. Now I give some basically some prayer requests. Pray that I may be delivered from the unbelievers in Judea and that my service in Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints there so that by God's will I may come to you with joy and together with you be refreshed. I don't know why maybe I, I, I actually I, I didn't really fully flesh out this uh, in my thoughts of why I thought this was cool but I thought it was cool that, that the Apostle Paul was, was giving you some prayer requests uh, and just presenting it to you. Um, he asked for safety. He asked, uh, uh, for, he asked for help to be of good service. And he also uh, hopes that with being of good service, um, that him and the believers there will be refreshed. And all very valid and very good things, I believe, to, to bring to God in prayer um, and to also ask for other people to pray for you about. Um, reminder here of how important prayer is. Prayer is not to be an afterthought 
or you know, a, uh, I'll get to it when I think of it or when things go bad. For the Christian, prayer is an always must happen no matter what. Paul knew he needed the prayers of his fellow believers um, to sustain him during his travels. And I believe he probably would even say, like, I'm not going to be able to do what, what needs to happen without your prayers. And <clears throat> so we see at the end here, verse 33, sort of ends with a benediction like he did in the uh, last week in verse 13. The God of peace be with all of you. Amen. And I think just as sort of an overarching <clears throat> note that I had on, on uh, this chapter, on this section, uh, again, we see Paul's willingness to be used by God however God saw fit. And uh, Paul had some of his own plans that didn't go the way he thought. But no matter what we see, uh, Paul is trusting the Lord for the next step of his path. And, and some, he had plans for what that next step was, but it didn't necessarily go that way. But he's still, again, always trusting the Lord. And he's always willing to be used in no matter what setting he's put in. Um, we see, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but uh, I remember, I remember teach, it was a chapter I taught on from Acts where he, uh, he was chained to a, to a guard. And I'm like... I can't, can you imagine what that guard now, or, well, now, he's probably in heaven, but, like, Paul took that opportunity and, and was like, hey, you're, you're with me now all day, baby, and you're going to get the message, and can you imagine that? Like, that, that probably was a joy to him, to be in that setting, to be in that position. He had a captive audience, literally, no matter what, and... You know, so again, he's being he's willing to be used and he trusts in God and all and no matter what the situation is, he's put in. Uh, you know, boat wrecks, all kinds of things. And so I just think that's that's a really cool thing to take away from this. And that's where I'm gonna end. I have some comments. So first, and then I'll come back to Jim's point. Because Jim, you're not alone. I thought the same thing when I read that. Um, verse 18, before I get into that though, he says, I will not presume to speak of Except for Christ has accomplished through me, leading the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed. Uh, it's like out to me because uh, I'm actually like just the context part of it. Uh, obviously, they didn't have the Old Testament, they didn't have the Torah and all that stuff. So it would have obviously, the whole obviously to the Jew become a Jew, the Greek become a Greek, right? So like all I'm taking to the Gentiles is just my testimony because that's really all that will make sense to them. Like that's the only way to preach the gospel to these particular group of people. So it's just really interesting to kind of see that. Uh, I don't think I've ever read that verse. And then going back to, because I was thinking about it more, um, Jim's point about Paul saying like he doesn't seem to want to build on anybody else's foundation. I did find it odd when like, reading by it, but I kind of settled on, okay, well, that's his specific call, which then made me think of the book of Romans, or at least this portion of it, isn't doctrinal, it's still historical, right? So it's like, just because he says that doesn't necessarily mean that's applicable to all of us, that we shouldn't build on other people's foundations. And so... It's more know, description, that, not prescription. Right, exactly. Like, if Paul's just saying, this is my situation, this is a historical account of what I did, what I felt, like you said, he gave prayer requests, like, it's, it's just the story of Paul's life. You yeah. know what I mean? It's not necessarily doctrinal, <clears throat> um, which also made me think of, because uh, he says the Gentiles are obligated to give to the, 
know, he told them they were obligated to give physically. Like, that's not necessarily means that, oh, we now have to go find Jewish people. To <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just like historical, and I think that's also important to consider. So. Hmm. No, that's good. Anything else? Marcus, can you price out? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for waking us up this morning and um, just allowing us to be here together, uh, my brothers and sisters in Christ, and uh, pray that uh, you would just continue to do the work that you started this morning in our hearts uh, with the 11 o'clock service, um, that you would just have